Welcome to Crosspoint. 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 An interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor. It is a sure sign we live in an abominable and challenging time that is beginning to see the heavy hand of government control upon us. Welcome to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. John Allman and Jerry Newcomb are my guests today. Well, today on Crosspoint, we've got a couple of guests here with us. We have John Amon and Jerry Newcomb from D. James Kennedy Ministries. We're talking about the government and a fearful master, a new book that they put out in uh, one thing, gentlemen, that D. James Kennedy Ministries does is they sure do have a lot of resources and offer a lot of uh, information on what's going on in our world and around us. And so I want to thank you for everything you do and actually uh, continuing to carry on what uh, Dr. Kennedy uh, started many years ago. I think it's really probably branched into more than what he even expected it would become, uh, you know, years later. So I'm looking at your book today, uh, Fearful Master, right in the foreword of the book. It says, this testimonial offered under oath from the House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Government, quotes the FBI White House staff, pressuring Twitter to censor opinions in which the government disapproves. And you say, the Fearful Master gives credible and detailed evidence of what, not just that committee, but what a lot of them are doing all over our world to actually the people of America. So, gentlemen, just chime in here anytime you'd like to. And, uh, John, maybe yeah. we'll start with you. Uh, okay. And, and John, sure. just kind of, kind of give us some insight into this. Sure, thanks. Uh, we appreciate the opportunity to speak and to share with you and your audience about this. The, uh, the book uh, came about after, actually, I, I served as the editor of the book, and it came about after I, I took a look at what was said in the... Um, House uh, Special Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Government in their hearings, and they've held had they've held a series of hearings since January of this year, and had some very interesting witnesses. And really, the testimony has been stunning. Some of it stems from the state of Missouri itself because of the information obtained from government agencies in the lawsuit that was uh, filed by the Attorney General at the time, uh, now Senator. Uh, Eric Schmidt, along with the state of Louisiana, which has extracted some fascinating information about what the White House did in trying to impose its standards of truth on the social media platforms and on the nation. Um, what, what, amongst other things, we learned that just three days after the Biden administration came into power, they began to make demands on social media platforms like Twitter, like Facebook, like YouTube, calling on them to uh, uh, basically censor, deplatform, um, de-amplify posts that advocated vaccine hesitancy. So they, they didn't want certain viewpoints to be put out in front of the nation and effectively wanted to become the nation's ministry of truth, tell us what was true, what was not. And and that's a gross violation of the First Amendment, which is why I personally am so glad that uh, Missouri and Louisiana have brought this lawsuit, which is so important to the nation and to the future of free expression in the nation. Well, one good thing that 
we had happen from all of that was when Eric Smith became the senator, uh, the replacement for his position at, uh, you know, attorney general is a fighter just like him. <laughs> so he's already been jumping into the middle of the ring and stuff. And, and boy, we, we sure need more of those in our states. Uh, Jerry, in the book here, and this is something that's kind of interesting that maybe not all these type of books have, but very right here in Chapter 1, you got a picture of uh, United States Senator Chuck Grassley uh, from Iowa. And actually, in that chapter is basically what he is saying in a, uh, in a hearing that they're actually having. Uh, is that true? That's just kind of word for word of how the hearings went? These are quotes. I mean, here's one of those quotes from... Uh, Senator Grassley in that context uh, in Chapter 1. I've never seen so much effort from the FBI, partisan media, and some of my Democratic colleagues to interfere with and undermine very legitimate congressional inquiries. And he gives some examples from that whole Russian hoax, you know, that we were bogged down with for about two or three years. Uh, You know, that essentially it was almost like they were trying to make it so that this is an analogy I've come up with. It was as if the Trump administration for the first several months was trying to drive with the emergency break on. So whatever Trump accomplished, you know, in terms of revitalizing the economy and getting some terrific judges on the Supreme Court and in other high uh, court positions, uh, he was able to do despite all the lies being told about him. And the people... Some of the people involved in that must have known that they were directly, they were lies. Now, uh, there's a chapter in this book uh, called Eyewitness to FBI's Transformation by a former FBI agent, Nicole Parker, who worked there for 12 years, and she said that when she first signed up, the FBI was terrific. It was focused on fighting crime, upholding the Constitution, and protecting the American people. But now there is excessive outside noise drowning out the true mission. The FBI became politically weaponized, starting from the top in Washington, trickling down to the field offices. End of quote. And again, that's uh, found in the same book, Fearful Master. And you could see that in the example of peaceful pro-lifers being threatened by the FBI as if they had engaged in some sort of violence or you know, some sort of criminal activity. It, uh, it's crazy, but we see the weaponization of the FBI in our time, and it's it's awful. Yeah. Now, John, in this book, too, and basically uh, some of these chapters are basically just testimony of what's went on in Senate hearings uh, over these Correct. issues like this. Uh, you know, when you go into Chapter 2, you're hearing from U.S. Senator uh, Ron Johnson. He's from Wisconsin, and he's talking— with him too about what's happening uh, in fact he says the use of uh, the FISA against a U.S. citizen is what represents a fundamental threat to America's civil liberties especially suspends the Constitution uh, so they're trying to address all these areas um, now it does get gentlemen a little bit aggravating because we don't see a lot of things happening there there's a tremendous pushback against all this kind of stuff trying to be opened up isn't there yeah, there absolutely is, and um, the public isn't getting any help from the uh, mainstream media whatsoever. The testimony that was offered by the um, associate of Hunter Biden, I'm trying to recall his name, uh, but just... Devin Archer? Devin Archer. He um, 
was uh, largely ignored, and yet it's stunning and damning information that came out. So uh, it is very much an uphill climb to get information um, about the truth of what is happening, staggering information, stunning information uh, about the extent of the Biden censorship operation and other things that they have done that uh, just demand um, a more broad-based um, awareness. Um, and that's one of the reasons that we are we produce this book is because it, it, it actually is <clears throat> the testimony presented to the House Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Government. Uh, there's the chapters in here which I selected because because of the uh, information that, that you find in it. There's uh, 11 chapters, and they are different uh, individuals who are in a position to know uh, from different angles what what is in uh, what's happening in government. So we have two senators, two former FBI agents, two journalists who reported on the Twitter files, uh, two attorneys representing Missouri and Louisiana in, in the lawsuit uh, charging the Biden administration with violating the First Amendment with its censorship operation. And we also have three FBI whistleblowers that are featured in the book, Fearful Masters. And, and uh, these whistleblowers tell about their own experience and, and what they've suffered as a consequence of the um, FBI's re- retaliation for making public what they know about the uh, change that is taking place and the two-tiered system of justice that is now being, I'm sorry to say, practiced by the uh, by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Well, Jerry, it's obvious they want to even silence some of the stuff what we're doing right now. Uh, They really don't want that out. I'm waiting for the days when the hammer tries to drop on some of this uh, and put us where we're at today. And, and, you know, it's it's one thing to uh, ignore something, but it's it's another thing to especially want to ignore it and actually, you know, taking... Uh, demolish it and say it's not anything when they know that it's true. Uh, this is connected to a lot of what we see happen in Russia and China and places like that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I like to say this. I like bananas and I like republics, but I don't like banana republics, and I certainly don't want to see America become a banana republic. And it just seems that the whole weaponization of government, the way we've seen it uh, in the last uh, few years, is just so out of step with the, the American history and American tradition. In fact, um, there's a little conclusion in the chapter uh, by Eric Schmidt, now U.S. Senator, you know, as pointed out before, Attorney yeah. General for your state. And he talks about the history of the First Amendment and what the founders intended and what a great gift the First Amendment has, has been to the United States of America and, and really to the world as a model. I'll, I'll quote him, okay. all right, from the book. Americans enshrined the First Amendment in our Constitution for more than 230 years, for good reason, and for times such as these. We cannot allow the Biden administration to infringe upon the freedoms that we cherish and that have been purchased for us by the sacrifice of millions of Americans. Freedom of speech is vital to our country and our people. In many ways, it is our pressure release valve. We must stop the Biden administration's threat to free speech so that America can remain the freest country in the world. And, and we see 
the assault on free speech, you know, going beyond just the administration and, and uh, liberal politicians and so forth. We see it in cancel culture. Uh, it, it's an amazing thing that Yale University, about a year or two ago, had a, a symposium, supposedly, on free speech or assaults on free speech, and some, you know, some of the students on the left and groups from the left essentially shut it down, not allowing conservative speakers, such as Kristen Wagoner, who is the president of the Alliance Defending Freedom, an organization that fights for religious liberty uh, and other key rights for Americans. It was founded by D. James Kennedy himself and James Dobson, Marlon Maddox, Bill Bright, and Larry Burkett, and, and a couple others. They founded this to fight for religious freedom and here the president of that group was not even allowed to speak. We see this in the example where Riley Gaines, the, the, the swimmer, the woman swimmer who's not willing to say that a boy who says, I relate as a female, should win all the trophies. <laughs> when, when swimmers like her sacrificed all their lives in order to, to win the, the kind of great stuff that they did, and now they're being told that, uh, you know, it's a fair playing field, and it's not. And when Riley Gaines, for example, tried to speak uh, in a San Francisco college, she was held hostage for three and a half hours. And you can see, by the way, a fantastic testimony she's giving uh, that Josh Howley, Senator, you know, your other senator from mm-hmm. Missouri. You've got some good ones there. <laughs> That's great. Anyway, uh, Josh Howley is asking her to talk about how she was held hostage for three and a half hours on this campus, and she was even, uh, some people beat her uh, because they were protesting her message saying that, you know, uh, a man is a man and a girl is a girl and a boy is a boy, you know, et cetera. And, and yet this fi- flies in the face of, of today's sexual orthodoxy where anything goes. And so, in effect, I think what we're seeing is we're seeing the left have a stranglehold on on what is allowed to be said and what is not allowed to be said, and it will be heck to pay if you disagree, you know, with with that which is uh, uh, politically correct these days. And so that's where so much of this conflict. But to see our own federal government engaging this, as is documented in this book, Fearful Master, is just astounding. Yeah. Now, John, before we go to a break here, uh, this book, Fearful Master, how will people find out more about it and also everything that uh, the D. James Kennedy Ministries does? I know that there's been a lot of other uh, books produced out there to help people. Yeah, great. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, Well, the title of the book is Fearful Master, the Federal Government's Ominous and Unprecedented Weaponization Against We the People. Uh, and you can uh, obtain it at uh, our website, djkm.org. stands for D. James Kennedy Ministries, djkm.org. And it's, uh, it's available if you just uh, look at the top banner. There's a top rotating banner where you'll see the book offered there. But, yeah, we'd, be, we'd love to have people come by and take a look at, at uh, that book and all the other things that are available there, including our television program truths that transform which airs weekly around the country all right well folks stay with us and we're going to be back with more right after this 
This is Mark Taylor. If you miss a broadcast of Crosspoint, you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the programs page. There you can access the current Crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired. Never miss another Crosspoint program again. Go to www.kneo.org today. Welcome back to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. My guest today is John Amon and Jerry Newcomb. They're from the D. James Kennedy Ministries. Uh, we're talking about a new book out called Fearful Master. It's talking about the federal government's weaponization against uh, we the people here of America. And uh, America was never founded that way, uh, but it's turning that way. And it's because we have people in high places with authority that have taken that authority and taken it completely out of context of what our Constitution says it should be. And so I would have a question there, uh, Jerry. Uh, how do we get it back? <laughs> what are we going to do here? Yeah, somebody once said, you know, America's only real choice for the future boils down to two things, revival or ruin. And, you know, you think about that, and you think, oh, come on, that can't be that true. But survey the landscape, and we see things are really, truly a mess. During the dark days of the Civil War in March of uh, 1863, President Lincoln issued a proclamation calling for a day of, of, of fasting and prayer. And he says, you know, when you look at the United States, we have been so blessed and so favored as a nation intoxicated with unbroken success. We become too proud, too proud to pray to the God who made us. And so he calls for a day of fasting and prayer. And uh, something monumental happened in the war a couple days after that day of fasting and prayer. And so I think it's important that we really do see the need to get back to God. I love that story about Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who you know, chronicled the great evils of the Soviet Union, godless system that killed tens of millions of people to force communism on them and, and, and engage in all these kinds of tactics where the government was in charge and you couldn't speak out and so forth. Anyway, uh, Solzhenitsyn said that when he was a young man, or maybe even a young boy, uh, he heard some peasants arguing, and one peasant said, uh, in reference to all the, the, the unrest going on in Russia at the time, they said, we have forgotten God. That's why all these things are happen have happened. Solzhenitsyn said, I've written books about the Soviet Union, you know, the Gulag Archipelago. He won awards for this journalism and so forth. But he said he never found a better explanation for the evils that overtook Russia than that statement, we have forgotten God, that's why all these things are happening. And can you not see a parallel to America? <laughs> we have forgotten God, that's why That's why we're in such a mess, and we even have, you know, a government that's, that's against us. It's amazing, because that's not at all what the founders, you know, intended for our nation. Now, you know, we do need voices out there uh, that will speak up. John, I'm looking in the book on Chapter 6, and it's talking about the censorship of the industrial complex. Uh, that has been a real weapon that they've been able to use against the people is in the workplace, uh, in how you get products or going to get products. This has become a new part of almost warfare uh, that they are weaponizing against the people, not just in the government. 
Yeah, that's so true. Um, uh, the scope of this uh, censorship uh, industrial complex is vast, and it extends, of course, to social media, but it also gets into our own private lives. I mean, if you think back to what we were freely discussing and what we were not freely discussing back in 2020 and 2021, even possibly into 2022, were things about the efficacy of the vaccine. Now, there were certain portions of the American populace that had robust discussion about it, but certainly it was just excluded. It was um, marginalized in the mainstream, so-called, of uh, news and commentary. And the Biden administration was doing all it could to push that uh, kind of attitude towards these disfavored opinions that objected to the uh, to the to the vaccines or the experimental drugs that were being promoted for use to uh, control COVID and some of the things that were not being available. So th- we we really um, whatever wh- wherever you come down on the vaccine itself, the fact remains is that there was tremendous suppression. About of open and honest discussion and debate, it, it was, it was. It's really a startling thing because we absolutely need free discussion and free exchange of ideas to be able to come to the truth. And ideas need to be tested. And they need to be tested freely in in the public uh, marketplace of ideas. And that it's just astonishing how. What happened in those years under COVID when, because of a, the threat of uh, a very serious uh, pandemic, discussion and free debate went, went away. And as I say, we, we now know, at least to some small extent, how the Biden administration drove that kind of suppression of free, dis- free debate. Um, it, it, it used uh, it, the government under Biden has used its vast powers to censor free speech, to use social media outlets as their puppets, effectively to throttle ideals ideas that it labels as misinformation, but which are just ideas, facts, opinions that are protected by the First Amendment. They may be right, they may be wrong, but they should. They have all of us as American citizens have the mm-hmm. right to right. freely express whatever those ideas are. And I think we've lost sight of that in the United States. And so that's why I'm so happy. I really am happy at what uh, the state of Missouri, along with Louisiana, are doing to demand a reckoning on the part of the Biden administration for its um, violations of the First Amendment. Just to quote briefly from the judgment made by the federal judge who, on July 4th, issued a sweeping order commanding that federal agencies, a long list of federal agencies, have nothing to do with sending modification or uh, censorship messages to social media organizations. In his order, the judge said, and again, this order was handed down on July 4th, he said that the present case arguably involves the most massive attack against free speech in the United States history in their attempts to suppress alleged disinformation, the federal government, and particularly the defendants here, that would be the Biden administration, are alleged to have blatantly ignored the First Amendment's right 
to free speech. And so he issued the sweeping order. It's been set aside on appeal for now, his, his uh, preliminary injunction. But that the, the whole matter will be attested in the courts. But this initial injunction and his willingness to hand it down in such a sweeping manner speaks to the egregiousness of what the Biden administration has done and the broad scope of it across across the uh, across all of government. Um, it's interesting that uh, Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas. He said that the federal government is waging its fight against so-called misinformation across the federal enterprise. That's his quote, across the federal enterprise, which is, say, which is to say that under Joe Biden, this effort to suppress opinions, to, de- to censor and deplatform ordinary Americans who hold ideas and opinions that are unwelcome to the Biden administration, that's basically a whole-of-government censorship operation under Gen- Joe Biden. Yeah. Now, Jerry, you had mentioned earlier, you know, what, what's it going to take? Well, we gonna we need a revival, of course, to, to break this, because in a way, to me, some of this is becoming more <laughs> fearful in a way that, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to do this in our own strength. Uh, we're going to need some, some help, and it's going to have to come from heaven above. Uh, where I'm sitting right now, is where the roots of the Azusa Street Revival started, 30 miles from here, uh, back when it started in Topeka and moved down here uh, to Baxter Springs and then went to Houston and then ended up in in, uh, Los Angeles. And, you know, it can happen because I can remember, well, I've read books and, you know, of what happened in this area uh, when that all started, you know, those early times of tent revivals going year-round. I mean, in the winter, it'd be snowing, they'd be having a tent revival. And these warehouses were being cleaned out, and people were coming in, and uh, they were holding and getting as many people in. They wanted to hear the gospel preached and breaking ice on the second or third day of January on our Spring River over here, breaking the ice so 150 people could be baptized because they wanted to be baptized. I mean, that's that's what we need. Uh, Again, would you say so? (laughs) Yeah, we do. We need... We need God. <laughs> it's just yeah. true. Uh, I was hoping that uh, the Asbury uh, revival, the, the beginning of that, you know, would, would spread, uh, you know, um, and it, it sort of seems to have perhaps petered out. Uh, but but bottom line is you can't force God to, to bring about revival. In fact, in the book of Acts, uh, Simon the magician saw the work of the Holy Spirit. So he went up to Peter and he said, oh, you know, here, I'll give you some money. I'll give you silver and gold if you let me have some of that power. And and Peter rebuked him, you know, no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, now, the Bible does say there is a stipulation for revival, and it is if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. The The issue of humility, I think, is a huge one. Because, for example, in um, you know one of the things that Coral Ridge Ministries, D. James Kennedy Ministries does, I'm the director of something called the Providence Forum, which is a division of the ministry. And the goal of it is to educate people on America's Judeo-Christian roots. And uh, Dr. Peter Lobach founded Providence Forum and gave it to the ministry because he wanted to make sure it would continue as he continues his work as the president of Westminster Seminary. So anyway, one of the things that we've done is we've made a series of films called The Foundation of American Liberty, and one of them 
deals with, it's called the Road to Independence, and it deals with revivals. And you can see, um, you know, major portions of this at ProvidenceForum.org. So the Road to Independence, there's a whole thing about revival, and there's an element there related to the issue of humility that's so key. I know that George Whitfield, coming over and preaching from England and preaching, you know, he was used by God to spread that whole thing. But it all began under the humble work of a humble man, Jonathan Edwards, who was one of America's greatest intellectuals in the history of the country. The man was so humble that when he was, unfortunately, because of church politics, he was fired by his own congregation. And uh, that, that happened, you know, after... The, the great revival began, and it began under his pulpit as he was preaching justification by faith in Jesus Christ alone. And anyway, what what happened was his church fired him because of church politics, and then on a Saturday afternoon, he'd get a knock on the door, he'd open the door, and there was one of the church leaders virtually hat in the hand saying, I'm, I'm sorry, Reverend, but uh, we have nobody to fill the pulpit tomorrow. Could you please come and, and preach tomorrow and lead the service. And he did. And that happened over and over and over again. What humility. There's a lot of hubris. There's a lot of pride in, you know, in America, even in American church life, you know, numbers and, and so forth. So I'm just basically saying we need revival, and I, it seems to me that that humility, and of course repentance, is absolutely a huge uh, key factor in that. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and, you know, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will heal their land. Now, John, here in the book, uh, there is so much information, and I want to continue on with you here in just a moment. But again, tell people how they can find out more about this book, Fearful Master, and also what uh, all the other stuff that the D. James Kennedy Ministries offers. Sure, I'd be glad to. Uh, the book's title is Fearful Master, the Federal Government's Ominous and Unprecedented Weaponization Against We the People. Just published, it's the compilation of testimony presented to the House Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Government, and and, um, it's a fascinating array of details about what the government wants to do to us and is doing and has been doing to us uh, with testimony from uh, the FBI, FBI agents, whistleblowers, and so forth. But if anybody wants to learn more and get a copy, they can go to djkm.org. That's djkm.org and you'll be able to find it there on the home page on the rotating banner at the top. All right, folks, we've got a lot more to talk about, and we'll do that in just a moment. Stay with us. Sometimes we can get stressed about you life. You might be having a bad day or something, but then it just reminds you, like, God's good. God's watching out for me. No matter what situation you're in, you can turn on the radio and just be reminded of it anytime. Helping keep your eyes focused on Him. This is 91.7 The Word. You're listening to Crosspoint. I'm your host, Mark Taylor. My guest today, well, I've got a couple of them here, uh, John Amon and Jerry Newcomb from the D. James Kennedy Ministries. We're 
talking about a new book, Fearful Master. Uh, folks, they put out a lot of good stuff just like this. You can get videos, and uh, DVD stuff, uh, series, uh, do a lot of stuff on the history of our nation and also on what's going on in our nation. You know, John, as uh, Jerry was talking there about the revival and what we need there, we mentioned the word humility a lot. And, you know, that is, to me, one of the key things that people need in their lives is that area of being humble before the Lord, uh, and, you know, we don't see a lot of that these days. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I can vouch for my own life that I, I can, as I look back, I'm a little older now, I, as I look back, I can see that many of the issues and problems that I had in, in, in past days were uh, either a consequence of or uh, made all the worse because of my own arrogance. So I understand, I guess, it's, I think all of us do from a firsthand basis, how pride goes, does indeed go before a fall. But as Jerry was talking about the importance of humility just a moment ago, um, a story came to mind that had been told me by a pastor friend, actually, who lives in my neighborhood. And uh, we were just chatting, and he had been reading about revival and uh, what are some of the preconditions for it taking place. And he quoted uh, a writer, I don't know who, who it was, a writer on revival, who talked about the importance of humility and, and, and made the analogy that when we're seeking the power of the Holy Spirit, we're seeking the blessing of God, that blessing, like water, pools in low places. So mm-hmm. as we humble ourselves, we enable God to bless, and um, you know, he, he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And so the more humble we are, I would think that the more grace we'll, we'll receive. And so it's, it, it's so true that humility is, is critical for all of life, but as we seek um, God's favor and a revival, which we desperately need, um, humility is, is, in fact, one of our necessities. I, yes, I agree completely. Uh, Jerry, uh, in the book here, chapter 8 of the book, I'm looking at page 126, it's talking about the Federal Bureau of Investigations on Deception and Collusion. And here you're mentioning what's a hot topic today, the Hunter Biden laptop story, and what's going on there. They tell me that there's more evidence there than anything that's ever been done in the history of our country, that more than Watergate or any other uh, scandal that's ever happened, they have more evidence to prove the truth, and yet it's being suppressed. Yeah, isn't that amazing? You know, just think about that. When they've compiled statements from different people from the news media saying, oh, yeah, the Hunter laptop story, that's, you know, that's Russian disinformation. And you hear one person after another saying it. And and leaders, including uh, Mr. Blinken, who's now the Secretary of State, uh, said that. They came out publicly and, and said that this is this is all Russian disinformation, that Hunter laptop is not real and only in the last you know several months or a few months have they admitted yeah it is real and the the information on it is so you know damning it's 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 just loaded with smoking guns and um, so anyway it's just it's so tragic to live at a time where there's a two-tiered system of justice you know the Bible is very clear that justice must be fair. It must be meted out uh, fairly for all. Uh, you know, God hates unequal weights and measures. You know, what does that mean? That, by the way, there's a statement even in the Constitution uh, about unequal weights and measures. 
and Dr. Daniel Dreisbach of American University, who knows a lot about the Bible and founders, said that that phrase comes directly from the scriptures. That's why you know they put it in. Like so many aspects of our of our government at its founding, the Christian faith played a, a critical and key role. But what we have today is an unequal uh, sense of justice. Uh, we see the classic statue of justice blindfolded so that, you know, uh, justice would be meted out impartially and, and in total fairness. And instead, we we see that, no, it's, it's not handled that way today, unfortunately, because of the weaponization of so many aspects of our government. If I could, I just give one quick example. Sure. Okay. In the last year and three or four months since the Dobbs decision, uh, as it was being formulated, was leaked, okay? Since that time, there have been more than 300 attacks in the United States of America of churches and pro-life organizations. Most churches, in that case, pro-life ones, such as Catholic churches. Some of these attacks could be relatively trivial, but others were out-and-out firebombing or burning to the ground. Uh, these pro-life centers, uh, pro-life crisis, pregnancy centers, you know, et cetera, pro-life ministries. Okay, 300 attacks. Of those, only about one or two have there been some arrests and serious charges made. In other words, the government really hasn't done much to, to deal with that. At the same time, or around the same time, we've seen peaceful pro-lifers who've gotten arrested by SWAT team in a, in a clear case of overkill uh, because they engaged in the, you know, the situation where they went to a, uh, an abortion clinic to peacefully pray that, that women would not make that choice, and they've gotten arrested. I mean, the most famous one is Mark Houck, a Catholic author from Pennsylvania, and there was a SWAT team with about 15 to 20 uh, police officers and so forth coming to his home, arresting him in front of his wife and his children and so forth. And again, everything was peaceful. Oh, and the judge threw it out, threw out any kind of conviction against him because he was innocent. And so it's just, it's an amazing though example. It's like, wow. So the government is being weaponized and is really, honestly, is coming down on the side of the pro-abortion side of things as opposed to the pro-life perspective. To me, that is a crystal clear example of this, this uh, you know, government becoming indeed a fearful master. It's, it's choosing immorality and enforcing immorality, you know, against the, the will of the people. As John Adams said, our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other, and the left has turned that on its head today. John, here in the book, uh, Fearful Master, page 148, you're talking about it's not about the, the goal of censorship. <laughs> Making a quote here, uh, but in fact, as bef before as before in human history, censorship is not about truth, it's about power. So that's what they're after here is, is power. And, you know, we need powerful leaders uh, you know, on our side 
uh, speaking up. I've been praying for that more, that, oh, God, send some of those prophets that will speak into society today. And I know we have yeah. a few people uh, up in our, you know, halls of justice that are trying to make, you know, where I'm, again, setting right now. Uh, and this program's being broadcast into the town of one of our presidents, Harry Truman, uh, lived and grew up as a boy here just down the road from us. And and over here on the other side of me, uh, you go a few miles and lays the body of Dwight D. Eisenhower out here in edge of Kansas, where I'm, I'm at as well. These were great men of God. I mean, they would God used these men to deal with real critical issues in our nation at the time. And yet today, <laughs> it's hard to find those uh, kind of men to speak. Yeah, I truly agree with you. Uh, We have uh, a lack of leadership. Some of it is bubbling up in the Republican Party, I think. Uh, But uh, in the Democrat Party, um, they're, sad to say, almost walking lockstep uh, in the path that Joe Biden and others like him are leading them. And that it's truly sad to see. There's not a lot of independent thinking, a lot of independent minds are not in evidence, I think, on the left. And to the extent they are, they're further to the left. What you were saying earlier about the censorship, it's not about truth, not at all. It's about power. In his commentary, uh, this journalist, Michael Schellenberger, who was one of the Twitter files journalists who exposed what was in them and brought them to the public, he made the point that the uh, the censors are not publicly engaging with their opponents in an open exchange of ideas They aren't asking for a national debate over the limits of the First Amendment. Rather, they are creating blacklists of disfavored people and then pressuring, cajoling, and demanding that social media platforms censor, deamplify, and even ban the people on these blacklists. So uh, it is purely about power. It's not about truth. And um, they define for us what is truth, and then they use their power to impose that point of view on us by uh, directing social media platforms to uh, censor certain perspectives. Um, one quote that I'd also like to share with you comes from the director of CISA, which is a federal agency charged with, uh, actually I don't have the proper name of it in front of me, but th- this individual in a position of authority to monitor what we say and think, makes the point that uh, we're in the business of critical infrastructure, says the head of CISA, and the most critical infrastructure is our cognitive infrastructure. Building that resilience to misinformation and disinformation, I think, is incredibly important. So in other words, Here we have a federal bureaucrat telling us that they have the responsibility to monitor what we think, to colonize our minds, to commandeer our ideas and ensure that uh, certain disfavored ideas are not discussed in the public forums, which is outrageous. I mean, you can't get a more um, blatant violation of the First Amendment as far as the ideas of it being expressed in what we have right here and from a, a f- person in a position of power to so to so to speak weaponize that power against we the people all right well jerry um time's starting to run out here on us and everything i wish we could just keep going because there's so much to talk about here in fearful master and and what's happening but again kind of head this up for us of where we're heading what we can do 
in, as our part of it uh, to help our politicians and our churches and everything else make a difference in dealing with this fearful master? Well, I think it does underscore the fact that elections matter. And in fact, we even see, you know, evidence in the book provided of of election interference, quite frankly, uh, which is awful. You know, it should be, you know, my big question, and I've often said this, you know, if the left is so great, why do they so often have to cheat in elections? I'm serious. It's yeah. a common sense question, yeah. but but there's truth to that, and it's it's very troublesome. You know, a fair, open, honest elections should be the bedrock. They really are the bedrock of the American Constitution. And so, anyway, I think it's very, very important that that people vote their biblical conscience. If Christians got more involved in the political process, we wouldn't have so much of a mess as we do, you know, on our hands today. Hey, thank God for those, uh, uh, you know, examples where courageous Christians in the political field have have made a difference. You look at Jim Jordan. <laughs> Here's a guy, he's like a one-man army or whatever. Yeah. For God, you know, thank the Lord for him and his courage and his tough, tough-minded questions and so forth. And thank God for Josh Howley, uh, your senator. Uh, so it, this is really important, though, that, that Christians get involved. And, you know, I had this friend that she ran for Congress. She didn't win, but she wrote a book about the whole experience, and it's called Running Into the Fire, or Into the Fire. Terry Hasdorf is her name. So anyway, yeah. she uh, said that when... Christians get involved, especially in the primary. She said, your vote in the primary, if I understood her correctly, was something like worth 10 times more than your vote in the general election. Now, of course, your vote in the general election counts. Uh, uh, they all count. They count significantly. Uh, but but when you vote in the primary, you have even more influence because a lot of people just don't bother. So I would encourage, definitely, in addition to prayer and revival and, you know, all the things that we were talking about before that are so critical, even sharing the faith with those around us and so forth, the political process is not to be abandoned. Uh, the godlessness that we see among some of these who hold political office, and they have no regard for the truth. It's like somebody said, hey, if you honestly thought that you were, that, that Adolf Hitler was on the ballot, and you as an elected official had something, you had the opportunity to nullify Hitler or, you know, take Hitler out or that kind of thing. All of a sudden, when you realize that kind of mentality, then you see, oh, that's why all these people did all these things against Trump. They're treating him like as if he's Adolf Hitler or something, you know. Seriously, it's really critical for Christians to show up and devote our biblical values so that we don't continue with this mess. We could make a huge difference. David Barton says that if Christians showed up and voted our biblical values, we could sway virtually every election. I love this one quote from Calvin Coolidge, and I'll, I'll let it go with that. He said, if good men don't hold office, bad men will. That's true. That's true. 
John, again, tell us how to find the book, Fearful Master. Sure, you bet. Uh, thanks. Uh, the book, Fearful Master, the federal government's ominous and unprecedented weaponization against We the People, is available from D. James Kennedy Ministries, and you can just go to djkm.org. Again, djkm.org. Well, you'll find it on our homepage at the top rotating banner. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us today here on Crosspoint. Thank you very much. Thank you. Folks, that was a wonderful interview today we had with John Amon and Jerry Newcomb. Great ministry there at D. James Kennedy Ministries. The reason their ministry has been so great over the years and has continued on after Dr. Kennedy left is because this other book in my other hand here, that's the Holy Bible. They've centered everything around God's Word, and it's built a great work for God out of the D. James Kennedy Ministries, but it does a great work in all of our lives. Folks, the Bible is inspired words of God, and it helps you no matter who you are. It accurately will help your life. It'll show you what to do and how to follow life, just like you're supposed to. The Bible contains the most important words you're ever going to read and certainly ever follow. Be sure to join us again next time as we again discuss issues that are affecting the church. Have a great week and allow God to use you for His purposes so that greater things can be done. Make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor. Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNAO Radio. Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNEO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, Neosho, Missouri, 64850, or by email crosspoint at kneo.org. You can hear Crosspoint four times a week, Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen anytime online at kneo.org. Are you walking in everything God has for you? Hi, I'm Pastor Gary Culp, and I'd like to invite you to check out the Exceedingly Abundant Ministries podcast, available from the Sky High Podcast Network. This 30-minute weekly Bible study will give you time to grow spiritually and get to know God and His Word on a deeper level. God has more in store for you than you ever realized. Listen to Exceedingly Abundant Ministries today and learn about how God can do more with your life than you ever imagined. Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is 417-628-3083.